0: for 20% off what is going on everyone welcome back to another episode of the Wisconsin Sportsman podcast which is brought to you by Tacticam I'm your host Josh Raley and uh, hey thanks for joining me again this week this is a special Friday edition uh, of the Wisconsin Sportsman podcast and actually what that means is that I am a little bit late getting this podcast out to you had some things come up and just was not able to crank out an episode in time but the wait is going to be worth it I have uh, on this episode I talked with Greg Tubbs from the OKS Hunter podcast if you haven't checked them out already please go and do so Wonderful podcast based here in Wisconsin and just, uh, yeah, just some good dudes who uh, are all about making memories, having experiences, enjoying their time in the field, becoming better hunters, but not taking themselves too seriously, not letting themselves get wrapped up in the whole big buck thing. Now, yeah, sure, it's cool to kill a big buck, but uh, that's not what these guys are all about. It's more about the camaraderie and the experience and the memories that they take away from it. So Greg and I get into you know, his hunting style. We get into sort of the vibe and vision of OKS Hunter podcast and um, just talk about life in general. So it's a fantastic episode. Uh, again, sorry I couldn't get this out to you guys on Tuesday. We recorded it in time to launch on time, but, you know, with the editing process, I just um, just couldn't make it happen. So anyway, glad you could join us here this week. We're going to jump right into the episode right after a couple of commercials, But before we do that, I do just want to remind you all, if you're not already, please follow along with us on Instagram so you can see what we are doing this fall. I don't have a ton of hunting plans until uh, that November time frame when I'm going to be all out after some whitetails. So I kind of concentrated most of my hunting there from the last part of October into the first couple of weeks of November. But uh, anyway, yeah, we are going to be up to lots of good stuff. So yeah, follow along with us on Instagram. Also, if you haven't already, please go over and leave us a review wherever you access this podcast. If you can leave us five stars, that'd be great. If you think it sucks, uh, I mean, leave us five stars anyway, just out of, out of grace and uh, the goodness of your heart, I suppose. And uh, if you can, leave us a written review. That really, really helps. Also, be sure to like and subscribe and all that good stuff uh, wherever you can do that and wherever you get this podcast. So Couple commercials. First of all, Tacticam, they're the title sponsor of this show. I'm going to be running the 6.0 camera this year with a stabilizer mount on the front end of my bow. It's absolutely the best way to try to film your hunt so that you can capture those memories, not only to relive for yourself, but also to share with your loved ones. Also running the Reveal X Gen 2 cameras. Right now is that time of year when, you know, the White Oaks are dropping and I've got um, cameras set up on White Oaks right now. I'm getting ready to move them though. Kind of that last weekend of of, of September, first weekend of October is when I really start to take those cameras and move them more into some traditional rut settings. And the plan for the cameras this year is to set them on some, some scrapes that I know are, are active year after year and wait for those things to fire up. I'm going to allude to that just a little bit in this episode uh, and see when those areas light up again this year. Again, because they're cell cameras, I can be sitting and waiting and uh, know exactly when that area starts to pop off. Love my reveals. Love the Tacticam point of view cameras. Go check them out if you haven't already. Tacticam.com and revealcellcam.com. Next up, Huntworth. I'm wearing the Shelton Midweight hoodie right now as we speak because this thing has just become my normal everyday wear. Uh, get up in the morning, throw my clothes on, throw the hoodie on. It just works. It's not too thick, so you can pretty much wear it all the time indoors or outdoors. It's it's, it's great. Love this thing. They also just launched their new Heat Boost line. You can go check all of that out at their website, HuntworthGear.com. Huntworth Gear is also uh, available in all sorts of retailers. They're at like Blaine's Farm and Fleet and a bunch of different places. So. Yeah, if you want to be able to go and touch these things before you buy them, find a local retailer near you, huntworthgear.com. And then finally, Deer Lab, it's the number one trail camera app for hunters and land managers. It helps you store, organize, and analyze all your trail camera data at a whole new level with all of its features I'm pumped to keep an eye on what Deer Lab helps me pick up on as some of these uh, cold fronts start to roll through and I begin to be able to see, okay, what are the weather patterns and what are the wind directions that are getting these bucks that I'm after up on their feet during daylight. You can get a free trial right now of Deer Lab for 30 days, no credit card required. Just head over to their website, DeerLab.com to sign up. Then if you decide to pull the trigger, use the code WISCONSIN, all caps, to get 20% off of any of their plans. Now, with all that stuff out of the way, let's jump right into the episode with Greg Tubbs from the OKS Hunter. Joining me for this week's episode of the Wisconsin Sportsman Podcast is Mister Greg Tubbs from the OKS Hunter Podcast. What's up, Greg? How are we doing, Josh? Doing really well, man. Welcome to the show. It is a, uh, it's a shame, it might be a crime that I have not had any of you guys from the OKS Hunter on the podcast yet.
1: And I'm surprised you haven't. I'm surprised that Derek hasn't been on. Um, not everybody knows Derek yet, but they're they're gonna get to know Derek. I can tell you that.
0: Man, I I just you know it th- th- it really it's wrong. It's shameful. It's shameful is what it is because you know I, I've known I've known about you guys for a, I mean your show for a long time. Uh, Where to Hunt podcast before that I listened to that show, and uh, yeah, man, I cannot believe that I've had a show. You know based on Wisconsin content for, you know, over a year. And I've yet to have any of you on. So welcome officially to the show. Thank you. Uh, I need to get thank all of you guys on you. at the same time one day. I think that'd be pretty sweet. But uh, yeah, man, I, I especially wanted to dial in to you um, here at the beginning of the hunting season because last year, man, you had me pretty fired up. Like I was watching your Instagram stories during hunting season and I'm like, You know, first of all, every time I see you out hunting, I'm like, man, I want to be doing what this guy's doing. But then second of (laughs) all, I was like, dude, this guy's pushing hard. Like you hunted, you hunted hard last year. I don't know how many days you hunted, but when you did, you went after it.
1: Um, I remember it was like 20. I mean, there's guys that hunt more than me, obviously, but I think I hunted like 24 days during the season. That was just during both seasons.
0: I mean, for a married man, that's a lot of days, dude.
1: Yeah, it is. And it it (laughs) will take a toll. (laughs) It will take a toll. So, uh, note to all you married guys out there, be nice to your wife, help her out when she asks. And that will kind of be the reward is to be able to go out and maybe hunt a little bit more.
0: That's right, man. I I think, I think I hunted a total of nine days last year. And, and by the end of it, I was really pushing things like she was done. So yeah, man, 20 something days. That is a, that's a big deal, but man, if, if there's anybody who's listening to this show who's not familiar with the OKS Hunter or has is not familiar with you, why don't you start things off by kind of just telling us a little bit about who you are, what you do, the show you're a part of, all that good stuff.
1: Yeah, so uh, Greg Tubbs from the OKS Hunter podcast, um, from southeastern Wisconsin, we'll say that. I, I love to hunt, love to fish, you know, born and raised Wisconsinite. Uh, pretty much bluegills to to salmon out on the big lake. Um, And then I love to hunt whitetails and love to hunt turkeys. I used to duck hunt quite a bit when I had a dog. Um, Yeah, man, I I think hunted just about everything but bear and elk in this state and and wolves, but coyotes, you name it, small game. I I loved all of it.
0: Very cool, man. So, you haven't hunted bear yet. Have you put in for bear points or? Yeah, I'm up, what's the story? I'm up to
1: four points. Yeah, I'm up to four points. Um, the zone where my uncle has property, way up north, um, sounds like I could get by with uh, with two points to possibly draw. And there's there's a fair amount of bears there, so uh, we'll see. I might I might uh, apply for it and, and try and get one for next year. And if not, it'll definitely be doing it the following year. See how it goes.
0: Yeah, very nice, man. I'm, I'm up to three points now, and okay. I, I've seen some of those units where it's like, okay, I could probably get by with, with less, but then I've also got some buddies who are like, no, you need to hold out for over here. Uh, it'll take you nine years to get one, but you, you need to hold out. It's like, man, I don't know. Nine years is a long time.
1: Yeah, it is a long time. and You know, I know a couple guys that waited 11, 12, 13 years to draw that one tag in, in a certain area up north where it takes at least 11 points to get. Jeez. And the, the bears the bears are are good size there. Uh, but that's a long time. You know, If that were the case, they should have been applying years ago already. But what do you do? It, it's one of those things where you, you think about it now. You, if you're thinking about it now, no matter what it is in life, if you're thinking about it, get on it right now. Don't, don't go, well, maybe I'll wait till next year. Just, just do it. Get it done and over with. Man, that's a,
0: that's a really good point, man. Like, I, I think I would rather hunt bears or, or elk or, you know, whatever it is that you want to go after, you know, do it. I'd rather do it three times than get to do it one time in my whole life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah,
1: Yeah. I I agree with that. Like I had opportunities where I should have taken advantage of, you know, when I was in my twenties, I should have been going out West and hunting elk instead I was, You know, maybe chasing women and uh and riding riding dirt bikes and ATVs all the time. So shoulda coulda woulda (laughs) stuff.
0: Absolutely, man. Well hey, let's let's talk for just a second on the uh the podcast that you're you're a part of a of a podcasting team kind of. You guys all uh are co hosts. Uh how long have you been doing the show? Uh
1: so when it was where to hunt back in 2018, I believe is when I started with Eric and then we switched it up and rebranded and kind of approached a different audience with the OKS hunter. Uh, I want to say that was in 2020. So I've been there that whole time with him. And then we brought Derek on last year. He was willing to come and hang out with us. And like, he's really not an OKS hunter. He's a very good hunter and he, He's a teacher by trade, so he enjoys helping people, and he's very good at it.
0: When it comes to the brand, OKS Hunter, like, like, what is an OKS Hunter? Because I think that this resonates with a lot more than than guys who are just like, yeah, I'm just not a very good hunter. You know what I mean? Like, like, it's bigger than it's bigger than that, and it's not that. So, t- tell me more. What is an OKS Hunter? And like, where what's the passion or the vision or the the heartbeat of the brand?
1: Sure. now I, good question. Really good question. So, I mean, everybody's idea of an OKS hunter is, is different, but in my mind, I, I, I hear the term OKS hunter. Uh, it tells me it's a guy that loves to hunt. He's not as good as he'd like to be. There's always room for improvement and he wants to learn more. I think that's, that's probably quintessential definition of an OKS hunter and you know, some people might not agree with that and that's fine, but I would consider myself okay because I know how to find deer. I know how to kill deer and take care of deer. Another guy, you know, this is a, a learning, a learning, uh, um, atmosphere with okay as Hunter where anybody can participate and we love to see people succeed. And we also like hearing about people's failures cause it's fun. You know, we, we poke fun at it. And that if you, if you have any attention to the brand, you'll notice that we, we poke fun at the, our failures and if anybody else has a good time with it, they'll, they'll understand with it too.
0: One of the things that, that I, I don't know, just from the outside looking in, right. For me, like an okayist hunter is like, there's also this vibe of not taking yourself too seriously like understanding that the the fundamental meaning of hunting goes deeper than the deer that you killed. It goes out into the experiences and the camaraderie and the tradition and all of the other things that come along with the hunting process, not just killing an animal and getting your taxidermy back, you know?
1: That is 100% correct. You know, we we don't want to take it too seriously, even though it's pretty easy to get into it pretty seriously you want to enjoy it still you want to have fun enjoy those around you just like deer camp we want this to be one big happy deer camp family and you got to be able to laugh and not always be too serious like you and I were talking earlier like we'd love to go kill big deer but maybe some kind of road led us to not shooting as big of a deer as we had in our mind at the beginning of the season, right? Yep. So maybe you had a a rough day and you barely got out to the the woods and you got into the stand and you saw it. It was that opportunity and you're going, you know what? I don't know if I'm going to have a better opportunity than this. Maybe you drew back your bow and the arrow fell off the rest or maybe it's the rest made a squeak or your stand squeaked or something, but you made it happen. It wasn't perfect. You know, it wasn't a perfect scenario. Maybe it was up until that noise happened, but at least you were able to make something happen. You made a memory. You went there, you harvested that deer, and you're happy as heck about it. And you had a little bit of a story to tell with it. Everything's a memory.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's good, man. I, you know the, the deer that comes to mind is the one that I shot in Wisconsin last year. It's a smaller seven point, and um, you know I think a lot of guys probably look at that and say, "Man, even you know, yeah, you're hunting public land, but but I, you know, you could have waited for something bigger, and I could have. I had a I had a couple of days left in the prime time of the season, but man, that buck is is like one of the most special deer to me, like one of the most special uh, memories as far as like my hunting career is is that buck and everything that it meant kind of all summed up in this one moment of success and like the, you know, the woods smiling down on me there for for a brief moment. But man, I, I want to circle around to uh, you and your hunting style. Like I said earlier on your Instagram account, you did a great job taking the masses along with you last year. And one of the things I kept thinking was like, man, this dude hunts some tough areas and he's hunting really, really hard. So, I don't want you to give away too much, but what can you tell me about like where you hunt and kind of what the, what the terrain and what the feel is like?
1: Sure. I mean, it's, it's no secret. It's public land. Um, But it's swamps and marshes. That's what I have to hunt. Um, And that's where the majority of public land is. It's land that people maybe didn't like as much and they were happy to sell it to the, to the state because it wasn't tillable, you know, or it was just not the best soil. So that's where I hunt is, is the public land, swamps and marshes. It is tough. Um, I mean, last year wasn't so bad and the year before for that matter, because we're in a drought, you know, we didn't have a lot of rain. So a lot of it dried up. Well, this year we got rain late and it's, it's getting wet in there again. So high ground is, is, uh, fewer and farther between in some of these spots, but I do hunt a lot of, a lot of wet areas. So I'm usually wearing knee boots or hip waders, depending on where I'm going. And it is hard. It's hard to get in. It's hard to access. Um, I am finding more and more trail cameras and finding more people in those places where I used to not so more, not so much, but you know, it is public and you can almost, ex- you're going to have to learn to accept the fact that it's public and people are going to be there. Uh, I'm very mobile, as you well know. If I'm not carrying a, a small tree stand and sticks, I'm carrying my my saddle and, and platform and sticks. Uh, depending on you know the area I'm thinking of hunting, if it's got good trees where I don't have to trim a whole lot of anything, because we're not allowed to trim here in Wisconsin, um, I'll run the saddle because it's it's pretty quick and lightweight, and I don't have to worry about snagging anything. Um, if I'm in an area where there's a lot of bushier trees and the, the back cover is really good, I'll run that smaller uh, lone wolf alpha tree stand and, and, and tuck right in. It's it's pretty pretty nice and, and easy to hang. But I don't hunt the same areas twice. I, I keep moving until I find signs. You know, I killed my buck last year, November 12th, um, and I just – went in and started walking past the guy on the way in. He's like, Hey, where are you hunting? I said, Oh, I'm hunting over here. Oh, good luck. Is all he said. And he kept walking. And, uh, I just started walking. I walked the trails, of the areas historically, I knew I, where I would find sign if there was a good, if there was a decent buck in the area. And I don't know, I probably covered two miles of terrain through there and, and never found hardly a rough. And then all of a sudden I have one area and it's like, okay, there's a rub here. It's pretty fresh. There's a rub over here. It's about hip high. This looks like a good place for me to settle in. I'm going to go over here and I'm going to set up and no sooner did I get up the tree, I didn't even hit my bow up the tree. I had a, a forkhorn come cruising by and I could have shot him pretty easily and I just watched him. I even got video of him. I, I posted it on my story way back when and uh, he, he made it past and, and that was it. Was it like 1230 during the day and it had rained and snowed several times and I had my camera and everything set up and it was getting down to closing time magic hour you know where pretty good chance you're going to see something come cruising through and it snowed one more time and I put the camera on the camera arm away and uh, all of a sudden I, I hear a branch crack and I look and I could just see a little reflection of sunlight off of something shiny, and it was, it was a buck coming my way. And he, right on the string, came right to me, and he stopped in one little opening and looked around. And I thought to myself, you know, he's past the ears, just barely. And if he comes right here to this little opening, I'm going to have to shoot him. And wouldn't you know what he did? He walked right to me, and I ended up shooting him at four yards away from my tree. And he booked it 60 yards, stopped, turned around, and fell over dead. I watched him die in sight.
0: Oh, that's a good feeling.
1: It was. It was a great feeling. I was, I was so pumped. And after, you know, blowing a few chances at a bigger deer and having some close encounters with some bucks on the ground, which is pretty pretty awesome, that um, was nice to kind of feel the deal on that one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So... Are you a, are you a season long guy? Like, are you getting after it from the early season on through? Are you a, are you a rutcation kind of guy? What, what's your, what's your uh, strategy, I guess, revolve around when it comes to hunting these public lands?
1: Yeah. I mean, I start opening day, although this year I didn't, but for the most part, I start opening day to be able to try and kill a deer. And, you know, I like to get a couple does in the freezer right off the bat. If I get one, that's great. If I get two, that's even better. And then like like no pressure to fill a tag at that point, you know, I'm, I can lay off the smaller bucks and I can concentrate on shooting a bigger deer if I want. And historically I've been able to do that up until last year. It was one doe and then it was, now I really want a buck hunt because we went did our out of state rutcation hunt into Illinois. But, um, for the most part, I'm all year long. Uh, I don't have a second doe in the freezer or a buck. I'm hunting until the end of the year and there's been some years where I've shot one on the last day of the season.
0: No kidding. Yeah. man, Bringing it down, down to the wire.
1: Yeah. Well, I had a property for a little while, uh, it was in in a, a metro area where they, you were allowed to bow hunt in there and you weren't allowed to gun hunt and the landowner wanted me to shoot as many deer as possible off of her property. So I think my best year I shot four goes and I whiffed at two other. Um, uh, I think it was the first or second year I was, I had permission on that property. Um, I I killed quite a few deer in the four years that I had that property. So it was, it was good. It was, it was kind of nice because I was getting back into bow hunting. I, I, took, I couldn't, I didn't have time to bow hunt in my previous job. It just wasn't going to happen uh, with being on call and, and, and doing all the service work I did, it was just very tough. And I'm being married too. You know, you got to be able to, the time you do have off, you need to spend time with your significant other. It's it's important.
0: That's right. That's right. You've said that you're super mobile and you're hunting some terrain that I think guys will recognize from, you know, stuff like the hunting beast and all that kind of thing. Right. Are, Are you using what you would consider like beast tactics or, or like what, what are you keying in on when you're hunting these, I mean, pretty large, you know, swamps and marshes.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you want to call them beast tactics or mobile, mobile hunting tactics.
0: Um, Dude, I want to call them, be... I want to call them tubs tactics. And I want to, <laughs> I want to hear your specific take on it all. Like cause everybody takes those tactics and kind of makes them their own, right? Like, like everybody, right. everybody tweaks and adjusts it. I mean, I know I personally have, because I've found that I <laughs> I'm just not good enough to get, super duper close to a bedded buck. It's just not going to happen. Uh, I'm not that quiet, you know? So I, have I've adopted my own style. So like what are, what are, what, how would you describe your style and like what you're looking for?
1: Yeah. I mean, my style, my style is basically looking for fresh sign and that's, that's nothing new. Right. Um, but I learned how to read, read terrain and read, read sign when it, when it comes up, like you can, you can scout the same, Let's say well, you're scouting a 40-acre piece, right? And if you take the time and go out there pretty regularly, maybe once a week, you're going to see, like, one area maybe it's totally green, it's thicker than heck, and there's no way anything's walking through there. But in a couple of weeks, maybe after we get a frost or just some cold, colder weather, or for that matter, the wind comes and knocks everything down. That opens up an opportunity, not just for you to get in there, but for animals to use that area better. All of a sudden you're, you're, you're paying attention to this. If you're paying attention to this, you're seeing that their animals are starting to use it and you know, this might be some next level stuff for somebody, but just paying attention to how the grass lays, right? A deer walks through there, a deer walking through there, they turn those leaves over. Mm, yep. Canary grass is it that way, even if it's waist high, you can tell when an animal has walked through there just by the way the, the grass is flipped. Yep. You know, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, maybe, maybe go, go check it out once. It, it's, you, you might put, put more pieces of puzzle together. But this is just for hunting deer in general. You know, this isn't trophy buck stuff, but it might help you. So learning how to read the terrain and how the deer are using it. Is has really helped me a ton be successful on any property, whether it's public or private. But I learned how to read terrain. I learned how to read read signs. Um, Rubs, you know, somebody will see a rub and go, oh, I should set up on here." I think about that a little bit. If it's near a field edge, you don't see too many deer in the fields during season. You know, that's, that's simple stuff that anybody will tell you, but if you adhere to that and go, I know I shouldn't waste my time over in this field or on this field edge, but maybe putting yourself in between where you think the deer are bedded and where the field are, that's helpful. Now you still might not catch them real early in the afternoon, but you're going to catch them pretty good chance. At least the first time you're in there, you're going to catch them coming through just before closing and get your opportunity. And that's, I've had a lot of, a lot of success with that, especially in October.
0: Just want to take a quick minute to let you know that the Wisconsin Sportsman Podcast is brought to you by Tacticam, makers of the best point of view cameras on the market for hunters and anglers. Their gear is made for outdoorsmen by outdoorsmen. Archery openers are just around the corner and Tacticam has just released several new products to help you share your hunt and take your scouting to the next level. Topping the list is their 6.0 point-of-view camera, providing 4K footage and a user-friendly, waterproof package. They've also just released the new Solo Extreme, giving you HD footage, 3-8x to 8X zoom, and one-touch operation. And Tacticam's lineup of point-of-view cameras is supported by the best mounts and adapters on the market. This fall, I'll be using their Bose stabilizer mount, as well as their bendy clamp mount, to make sure my cameras don't miss any of the action. And last but not least, Tacticam just launched the Reveal X Pro. With no visible flash, built-in LCD screen, and built-in GPS tracking, the Reveal X Pro will help you take your scouting to the next level. You can learn more about these and Tacticam's entire line of products at Tacticam.com or RevealCellcam.com. This episode is also brought to you by DeerLab, the number one trail camera app for hunters and land managers. DeerLab gives you a simple way to store, organize, and analyze all of your trail camera data. DeerLab has tons of great features like the ability to filter photos based on what's in them, deer, turkeys, people, whatever. It syncs your photos with local weather to help you pattern your target. and You can even mass edit your timestamps, which is a great feature if you're like me and you occasionally forget to set the correct time on your camera. Head over to DeerLab.com to check them out. You can get a free trial on there for 30 days. And then when you're ready to buy, use the code Wisconsin at checkout for 20% off of any plan. Now let's get back to the show. Are you keying in on beds at all, or are you just kind of a, hey, look, I know deer like to bed in thick stuff, and I know that they like to eat things, and I like to get in between that where I find real hot sign?
1: Yes and no. So I do a lot of scouting in my area, and there's a lot of, like if I took you out there with me and said, all right, Josh, we're going to go find some beds. We're going to find beds. The deer might not be in them. So then we got to figure out, well, when are they using them? We don't know. We can set cameras outside that bedding area. Maybe those cameras get stolen. Maybe they don't. <laughs> I, I've had <laughs> it happen, man. I, I have. It sucks. So then what do you do? No camera, no proof, no nothing. You throw sit at it. 50-50 chance. Doe's come out. Buck doesn't. You're hungry. You, you want to harvest the doe? You're going to shoot a doe. That's what I do. it doesn't always yeah i mean it's not every, always a guarantee i'm not that good. now if i were doing in season scouting is definitely worth that for me like I, I i like to go into a spot i'll get an idea in my head but if i'm walking through there and i i don't find what i'm looking for if i don't find a good lead a, a well used trail or any fresh rubs or anything going on i'm probably not going to i'm probably not going to stop and wait there i'm going to keep going until i find find something
0: good the bedding factors in obviously but how does. how high up on your priority list is that bedding because t- when i when i hear marshland swampland wisconsin like mm-hmm. i think of oak islands beds off the tips of them sneaking in super close to that specific bed and it's it's not quite that easy of a math equation right it's yeah. It's not right. every bed you find is not going to have a bucket. In it. And that's one thing I learned when I first moved up here is, man, I would go, I went into these areas that had, you know, 40 beds all around in a, in a big circle. And I go back there the next year and I never see a deer come out of there. Well, why not? I found them in late season. Like, yeah, cause they were only using that area during the late season. They weren't using it at any other time of the year. So it's, it's a lot more difficult. Than just hey I found the bed so like where where is that bedding at on your priority list
1: I would say it's it's probably not the very top of my priority list when I'm hunting deer if I were hunting a deer then yeah I would want to know where where that where that bedding area is where is that buck bedding and to kind of back up a little bit you need all you need some parts of that equation like some of the areas I hunt the nearest oak flat. Is probably a half mile to a mile away on private. There's no, there's no Oka Island there. So what are the deer feeding on? You take a walk through that stuff, you're finding some things, you're finding jewel weed, you're finding um, the arrowhead plant or duck potato, you're finding stinging nettle, they eat the heck out of that stuff. So they have things in there to feed on that they don't necessarily need to be out right away to go to that old flat or go to the cornfield or go to, it depends on the time of year, of course. Right. But there's always food in the swamps for them to to feed off.
0: I want to ask you about, I mean, you're in like the ground zero for some of these beast tactics that, that folks talk a lot about. And like you said, you're seeing more guys going in there deeper, doing more than, you know, maybe they were doing 10 or 12 years ago before they found folks like Dan Enfault and the Hunting Beast Forum. How have you seen pressure change over the years in your kind of terrain? And how have you seen that impact the way deer move?
1: Well, I've seen it impacted greatly. Um, you know, all of a sudden public land is cool again as of, we'll say 2015, 2016. Um, I had areas kind of to myself Granted my area of public maybe isn't as cool as, uh, you know, other areas, but it's definitely picked up, you know, probably due to one social media and and the ability to attain the information so easily. And then two, um, you know, nobody, a lot of people don't have the money to lease land. I sure don't. I mean, I, I probably could, but it would, it might lead to some major disagreements about, uh, about some things in my house. (laughs) So it's not something, and it's not something I really want to do. I I enjoy the the ability to go and, and, and roam, you know, if I've got 3000 or 4000 or heck even 800 acres of public, that's better than 40 acres of private, no matter how well managed it is. I have way more options for the different winds to hunt. And there's, probably going to be a heck of a lot more deer in there are
0: are you noticing as far as like the 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 pressure like these guys who are going in and and you're seeing more people back there are you seeing the an increase in like would you say folks are hunting smarter than they were before or that they're simply just going places that they maybe didn't go to before
1: i think they're going more places just because that you know it's cool to go further away but they are hunting smarter too in that they're trying to use more technology. I'm finding more cell cameras. I don't know about you, but I'm finding more cell cameras than I've ever found. Um, last year, I I know I walked in on a guy. He was hunting over his cell cam. Like, I saw it there you know, weeks prior. I'm like, okay, there's a cell cam there. Guy's hunting somewhere in here, or he's just scoping it out. And then all of a sudden, I just happen to walk, and I look up, and there's a cell cam. The guy moved it. He put up a mock scrape. And... I just happened to see some milkweed fall out of a tree and I looked and there's a guy in a saddle probably 30 yards away and I whistled and he never, never gave any indication he was there or anything. And I don't know if he didn't hear me whistle or what, but I just turned around, backed out and got out of there and left him to a spot and it wasn't going to blow it up on him. But people are trying to be a little bit smarter about it, I think, and, and use the technology that they have available to them to go this area is worth hunting or this area is not worth hunting I'm not seeing what I want to see here I'm gonna go find somewhere else to go
0: yeah man, and I think too I think there's this I mean we, our, this show the the title sponsor for this show is Tacticam they they produce fantastic products love their cell cams the sure one of the things that I've heard said quite a few times and I think Andy may may have been one of the first people that said it I think he gets quoted saying this a lot like A cell camera is a good tool, but it can't make you a good hunter. It can make a good hunter more efficient. It can like, it can inform you about a lot of things, but it can't make you a good hunter. And I think there's this concept that like, if I just throw up a bunch of cell cams, then all I got to do is just wait until things heat up and then I'll just go to that spot and hunt it and we're good to go.
1: And there's some guys that do do that and they do it at a high level and they, they kill deer off of
0: that. That's right. That's right. Is that the
1: way I want to do it? Uh, my pride says, no, I, I want to be able to use my woodsmanship. I want to be able to, you know, be able to put the pieces together. Is that going to help close the gap? Sure it will. A cell cam will definitely help close the gap, but it's still not how I want to do it. I own a couple, but they're more for security to keep an eye on mother-in-law's property or they're, you know, I just want to see maybe who's using what area so to speak. Even if it's hunter pressure, I want to know if one area, there's a bunch of hunters on that camera, but that means I, I don't need to go in there and then somebody else is in there already. I'm going to go find another place to hunt. It's good for that.
0: Yeah. And I found too, one of the things that I like to do with them is hang them up over, like I've, I've got a couple of areas two in particular that are really, really good during the rut. And I like to hang them up on those first couple of scrapes where I can kind of see when these areas kind of yeah. kind of turn on a little bit. And it, it, I'm not going to go in there necessarily and hunt right over that camera. But it tells me, you know, these areas seem to get large concentrations of bucks right around, you know, the, the, the peak of the rut, right? And so I want to see yeah. every year, like, when that area is hot. But that doesn't mean that I can just go in there and sit over that camera and have success.
1: No, and if you've tried doing it, you know that you're not going to have success. I mean, you can do that with a, a standard SD card camera, but you got to visit it more often to get your intel, and maybe your intel is only going to—it might be three weeks old by the time you get to it. Yep. But it's something that you can definitely store in your memory banks, or if you're real, real good about organizing, you can maybe put a journal with, together with all that information.
0: Yep, yep. And you know, man, one of the things you mentioned a second ago—you want to be able to do it with your woodsmanship and. I think that goes right along with the whole okayest hunter vibe, right? Like you, you love hunting, you want to get better at it. I'm curious what you would say is like the thing that you're learning or working on this year. I, I try to go into every year, not so much with like goals in mind of like, I want to kill this size of a deer or whatever, but certain either tactics or strategies or, or things that I'm trying to implement or learn to get better. Is there something that this year you're like, hey, this is my thing for the year. This is what I'm trying to learn, or this is what I'm trying to add to my tool bag this year.
1: That's a great question. Uh, <laughs> there's always things that for me to think about and that I want to learn to do better. But I think um, being more efficient would be something I could. I think all of us could benefit from learning how to how to be more efficient. Whether it's you know, squaring away your gear, getting things together. Um, ahead of time, getting things done at home, honey-do list, you know, Um, more scouting. You know, every year I come into it and I go, man, I just don't feel like I scouted enough, this year especially. Uh, I've scouted more in other years past, and I just don't feel like I've I've gotten enough of that done. Um, Scouting, I don't think you can ever do enough of, in my opinion. Um, In-season is always best. That's how I've, I've done my most damages in season scouting with a, with a standard saddle and bow in hand. Uh, but like I, every year I want to kill a bigger buck. Will it happen this year? Who knows, but I'm trying to learn to approach approach a bedding area better, you know, even if it means it's going to be the long way around in the middle of the morning, you know, in the dark. I would, that's one thing I really want to focus on is is trying to approach a betting area better, more effectively, you know, entrance and exit. I think that's, that's something that we all can work on.
0: Yeah. So what what are you doing to try to get better at that this year? Like, like, is it quiet? Is it moving slower? Like what, or is it all of it? Is it, is it the total package?
1: It is total package, you know, quiet, Quiet means moving slower. And I'm only six foot tall, but I get yelled at by my wife that I walk too fast. So slowing down, maybe just take the the longer route to get there will will probably be the ticket to it.
0: Man, so I want to come back now to this past weekend. I mean, it was the opener in Wisconsin, and you and I have something in common. Neither one of us got out. Uh, for the opener. I was texting you last week as we were talking about recording today and I was like, hey man, go kill one on opening day. That way we have a fresh story to tell for the podcast. <laughs> and uh, you didn't do that. So, uh, no. number one, what happened? And number two, what were your plans for the day?
1: <laughs> oh, and okay hunter fashion, Um well, opening day I ended up getting involved with having to go look at a house for my mother in law She's, she's looking for a new home. So we went and looked at a place and, you know, with my mechanical background, I went and helped her look at stuff. And then by the time we got done, I was like, man, if I really run hard and get home and throw all my crap in the truck, I might get out there just in time to get out to a spot and then turn around and have to come back. Ah, heck with it. It was hot. It was sticky. I should have went, but I long story short, I didn't. We ended up going to dinner. I ended up getting food poisoning, so that didn't go well Saturday. Yeah. Saturday (laughs) night and, and into Sunday. Um, so me and the OKS crew were planning on going hunting a piece of public would have been an adventure getting in there with, with water access and whatnot. And, uh, I could not stay too far away from, from a bathroom. Let's just put it to you that way. It was not good. Yeah. Um, don't recommend the uh, the getting sick from food poisoning. It's it's brutal. So, but uh, my whole system was void of anything uh, any solids to put it to uh, oh. lately. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. So how's that oh, for a moment.
0: Man, that is one. I I tell you what. I I'm going to be very careful what I eat when it gets close to my rutcation this year because of that story
1: don't eat anything out of the norm. And if you go to a restaurant, pick something that almost everybody eats. Don't pick the the weird dressing that somebody else wouldn't eat on their salad because that will be the, the demise to your whole day.
0: Oh man. Oh man. So where, where are you? I mean, did the rest of the crew get out? They did. They got out. Um, they, they went and
1: hunted a, a swampy area that we're known for and, uh, Eric saw three deer. Derek didn't see anything, but Derek Derek puts himself in the places where he feels super confident that he's gonna see or kill a buck. And and he put Eric where he helped Eric pick out a spot where, hey, there's food here. There's acorns dropping on this island. Someone's gotta be here. Someone should keep an eye on this. And it paid off where he at least had some sightings. So he was able to get eyes on here, but didn't take any shots.
0: Ah, no shots fired for the weekend. So where are you you going from here? Like, do you have, you know, big plans for the next couple of weeks, or is it like, uh, well, I'm going to wait for the next couple of cold fronts to blow through or, you know, whatever?
1: No, uh, we got a cold front coming Wednesday. I'm thinking I would like to get out and at least throw a sit-in in an area in between a bedding area. There's usually a lot of does in there and in an oak flat. So I'm thinking I'm going to put myself in there. And if I find, if I'm not finding what I like there, if I get out there early enough, I will probably, you know, pick up and move to another spot.
0: Okay. And when you say, when you say you, if you don't find what you're looking for, so this time of year, are you saying, Hey, if I'm not seeing buck sign, I'm pulling out. Or are you saying, like, I just want to get on a concentration of does so that I can hopefully get one for the freezer early and then maybe be able to kind of change your focus?
1: I think that's what I would like to do is get a dough down and get it in the freezer and then come beginning, middle of October, really concentrate on a buck. That would be, that would be ideal. Yeah, Because then the bucks are going to be really hitting the scrapes hard. Um, they're going to be leaving more sign. You're going to see rubs. Popping up more so than what you have already. I mean, the rubs they made now—that's for—that's what they did for, for you know, working all that velvet off. They're still going to rub, but they're really their their activity intensifies come mid mid October on.
0: Yeah, sir. Are come you...
1: November. Nope.
0: Oh, go ahead. Come Sorry. November.
1: Yeah, come November. They're pretty much done making signs unless you get a deer that maybe got kicked out of his area and establishing a new area. And that's what I found anyway but by by November they're they're looking more so of chase those they're really not leaving a ton a sign. they're not getting scrapes as often.
0: Yeah, so are you i I mean I guess so you, hoping to get a dough down early when when are you starting your like like in, in in Greg Tubbs's mind like when is the time where it's like okay, this is the week for bucks. I mean I talked to some guys and they're like, hey second week of November is when you get need to be out there. I talked to other guys that are like, no, that last week of October is is when you need to be out there. What In your mind, like, what's the week not to miss in southern Wisconsin?
1: Sure. Well, I mean, I'm not going to disagree with that first week or two of November, right? If you put yourself in the right place, you're going to see bucks. You're going to see bucks cruising around looking for does or several of them chasing that one hot doe. But historically, with my cameras, as many I, I've run, usually a half thousand cameras or so things really start heating up under scrapes like the 13th through the 15th things really start to heat up activity wise on those scrapes. I mean, I've gone in to check cameras during that time foolishly without a bow in hand and I've had bucks right there working a scrape or coming to the scrape and see me there pulling a, 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 an SD card from a camera. So. I'm going to really work hard at trying to kill a buck mid-October.
0: Okay. Just
1: off of my, just off of my camera data for the past four years.
0: Yeah. Are you going to try, are you going to take like a, a concentrated rutcation this year where you're like, Hey, for these days I'm in the woods. Are you going to try to just piece it together whenever you can hit the woods?
1: I'm piecing it together this year. I'm not, uh, I'm not taking time off. Um, I'm going to try and get it done around my work schedule. Um, you know, if I can manage, I talk to the boss and have him, you know, let me, let me off half a day in the evening or a morning hunt or something in October. I'm going to do it. Um, other than that, I'm not taking any specific days off this year. I'm going to try, try something different just to see. It, It might blow up in my face. It might be pretty good. You never know, but I got, uh, we're going to Florida in March, at the end of March, and I'm hoping to be down in Florida and have that vacation. Saved away for them so I can go fishing off, off the surf.
0: Oh, nice, man. What part of Florida? Uh, upper Panhandle near Destin. Oh, cool, man. Yeah. Dude, that's a beautiful time of year there, too. I'm from I'm it from is. Mobile, Alabama, so it's like okay, that late, you know, second half of March is just absolutely gorgeous.
1: Yeah, it certainly is. I mean, you get days in the 70s, you'll creep into the 80s. You might get a few days in the 90s, depending yep. on what, what weather front pushes through. But I don't know, man, there's nothing like fresh pompano and fresh whiting right out of the surf and into the pan.
0: Oh, dude, you're speaking my language now. <laughs> Love surf fishing, man. Love it. So, all right, yep. let's talk now, uh, you know, wrapping things up here. What's coming up from the OKS Hunter podcast as we get into the fall and kind of the, I mean, in podcast world, this is kind of the peak, man. This is when we're all trying to hit the woods, but it's also when everybody wants fresh content.
1: They do. And so obviously you're going to get fresh content out of the podcast. There's always the the crazy goofy memes that we put out, but this year we're really focusing on self-filming and we're trying to get you guys some, some YouTube channel stuff. We are trying to get video content and I've, I've tried to dabble with it a little bit last year and I, I hooked up with my buddy Byron Horton over at the whitetail experience. We kind of collaborated and I just sent him footage and he put it out on his, his channel, but it, I didn't get great footage. So, but it was, was nice little filler, filler stuff for him. Um, this year I'm still going to collab with him, but we're also doing more, more video content on the, the OKS Hunter YouTube channel. So that's one Big thing. It's big for us. I mean, a lot of people have been doing it for a long time and they're going, Ah, YouTube, it's not a big deal. Yeah, but for us okay as hunters, it's a big deal.
0: <laughs> Dude, if anybody's listening to this and they've tried to bring a camera into the woods with them, they know it's a big deal. Like it, that adds so many more things that will will and can go wrong on your hunt. Oh yeah.
1: No question about it. <laughs>
0: Oh man. So, all right. So where, where can go folks go to find more from you guys then? So you've got the, the YouTube channel. Is that just okay it's Hunter YouTube channel?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, we're, we, we broadcast live every Tuesday night on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Nothing, not much happens on Twitter, but YouTube and Facebook are our two biggest audiences. And then the, uh, the TikTok world. I mean, that's not something I'm involved with. But Eric dials up the TikTok, and I'm, it's, just, it's just amazing to me how many people tune in via TikTok just watch us talk and see us and have a few beers and a few whiskeys. It's, it's kind of funny to me, but people are finding us there. Um, Instagram I and mean, good old Instagram. Everybody, that's how most of us meet. But that's probably uh, there's a, there's a lot of a lot of content there. You'll find me, Derek, and Eric there, um, along with the old case hunter.
0: Awesome. Awesome, man. Well, good luck to you guys as we get into the fall. Uh, You know, I hope you guys have everything you want out of a hunting season. I don't even want to say I hope you knock down a big one. I hope you walk away with memories and a lot of new stuff that you learned in your back pocket and uh, that the season is everything you guys are hoping for.
1: That's exactly what it is, man. It's, It's all about the memories. Make them known because when you're... 65, 70 and crippled and can't get up a tree anymore and can't hold a rifle or shoot a bow that's what you're left with as a memory so make them now while you can that's
0: right absolutely all right buddy good luck this fall thanks thank you and that is all for this week folks as always thank you so much for listening thanks to greg for coming on thanks to our fantastic partners tacticam huntworth and deer lab we've got cold fronts blowing through i hope that you are getting out into the woods hey if you're having success Shoot me a message on Instagram and let me know. I'd love to have you come on the show and share the story of how it all went down. Whatever it is that you're doing, just make sure that you're doing something to get outside and enjoy the incredible resource that is ours as Wisconsin sportsmen.